Welcome to Light on the Road Home, a show about divine love, divine wisdom, and our soul's journey here on Earth. And now, our hosts, Phyllis Levitt and Deborah Brown. Well, hello, hello. This is Deborah, and I'm so glad to be here on what turns out to be, I believe, our fourth episode. And Phyllis, I know, can you believe we've done, this will be our fourth one? I know. It's wonderful. <laughs> it is wonderful. Always, I want to thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so glad to be doing this because I learn something new, of course, every time. And I feel like it's deepening my understanding of things that are um, uh, important to me. And also, I believe we're sharing something really valuable with our listeners. And I think our experience together is just wonderful. So I'm really glad to be talking with you today about ego consciousness and how that is distinguished from soul consciousness. And I have to say I'm very interested in this because I... Um, I have lots of questions. So we'll see how this goes in terms of, will I let you actually speak or will I interrupt you with a question every couple seconds? (laughs) You can do whatever. (laughs) Okay. Well, I just want to say that um, what I'm going to share today is one piece of a very large picture of what I was taught by a divine source starting back in 1994. Um, as an as a huge overview, just to make this distinction, I could say that my understanding is that ego consciousness is everything that keeps us in an experience of ourselves as separate from ourselves often, from others, from our earth, and from whatever I would call it spirit, God, oneness, whatever name um, a person uses for that larger sense of the divine and that soul consciousness in that big overview is everything that is not ego consciousness, everything that is not an experience of separation. So that's, that's a huge overview. That's really not what I'm going to talk about in that way. I'm going to talk very, very specifically. Um, I just want to have, I like to start the show with just a short recap of what we talked about last time to make a segue So in the last show, we talked about how it can be seen as a great gift that soul shows us the places where we're most blocked to divine love first. And in this way, we can begin to see all our experiences, both inside and outside, as great teachers, pointing out for us where these blocks are and pointing the way to removing them. And that's really the essence of everything that I received. And very importantly... Um, In the last show, we touched on learning to move beyond judgment of right and wrong, good and bad, and really all judgment, and to look for what would be most valuable to learn about ourselves from all our experiences. So the focus shifted from judgment to learning. And it's by looking through this lens and seeing all experience, and again, inside and outside, as my greatest teacher which is here to help me and not judge me. Um, And when I begin that journey, I'm setting foot on what my divine source calls the road home. This is the starting place of converting my ego consciousness into soul consciousness. And that conversion, I'm told, is the ultimate purpose for soul taking human form in the first place. Ultimately, that we came here to become vessels of divine love and each one of us in our own unique way. 
So in opening up a discussion of ego consciousness, I would like to say this. And again, this comes directly out of what I received. The journey we are on is not about so-called good conquering so-called evil inside us or outside us. And today I want to talk about why the divine presence that came to me talks about it this way. I was taught about the distinction between ego consciousness and soul consciousness because each person may have a very different association with what those words mean. I was given a wealth of information about this distinction, but I can only tell you one piece of it today. I'm just going to start by saying that ego consciousness is the consciousness of separation. Ourselves as separate from each other, from our earth and beyond, and often from ourselves, ourselves. When they say all pain is soul calling you home, they're really referring to the pain of ego consciousness, to the pain of the extremes of separation from ourselves and others, and right now so much from our Mother Earth. These extremes of separation are characteristics of ego consciousness. It's the nature of ego consciousness to see only a part and believe that it is the whole. You could use the image of a puzzle that gets filled from its box. There's a whole picture that each individual piece belongs to. But when the pieces are spilled out, they're separate. That's kind of what we are in our ego nature, individual pieces of a puzzle. It's a mystery what the picture is that each piece is a part of. If you're focused only on the blue piece in front of you, you might assume the whole picture is blue and only look for the blue pieces that it fits into and discard the rest. Sometimes when we put a few pieces together, we can get glimpses of what the whole picture might look like, but we really don't know for sure what it is. I don't know for sure what the whole picture is by any means. I, of course, myself, am working on putting the pieces together that are in front of me, and I realize that it takes an enormous amount of work to put all the pieces together, much more than I can even imagine, I'm sure, and I don't know how many lifetimes it takes to do that. But the divine within me has shown me that the picture is vast and that my one little life and my personal challenges and the things and relationships and my personal evolution, my personal evolution fits inside an enormous and at least partially knowable structure, knowable enough for the purpose of guiding me on my way home from exactly where I am right now. I was shown a huge panorama of how the separation inherent in ego consciousness came about for us human beings. And that understanding has everything to do with how we can begin to put the separate pieces of ourselves and our human family back together. My divine source provided an amazing guide for how to look at the separate pieces, how to begin to sort them and understand their connections in order to begin to reassemble them. Um, Can I I jump in here for a second? um, Sure. I, I like the idea visual for, for um, me, the puzzle, and the blue pieces, like you say, the blue pieces are me, and so I mm-hmm. only see the blue pieces when I am, or I only want to gather the blue pieces when I am thinking about me, 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 
And right. And yet, I, I tell you what, I like this better than being a grain of sand, even on a big beach, mm. uh-huh. or a drop a drop of water in a big ocean, to describe how this. Because that's there's more of a concept of fitting together, um, and and kind of making the puzzle um, one whole thing. Oh, this is this is excellent. I, I don't want to overdo this because I, I'm now processing, and you're going to have to keep going because I love the idea of this puzzle. Okay, great. And I have great. I do. I love this. Okay. Yes. Tell me more. Okay. So. The focus of today's talk is about just one of the many principles of how ego consciousness functions and makes it so difficult for us to see the bigger picture. But I really want to say here at the outset that ego consciousness is not wrong exactly what it was intended to do. It operates according to several principles or laws, and they call these the laws of gravity, all the laws that govern ego consciousness, they call the laws of gravity. And those are the laws that hold us to a certain level of consciousness, like gravity holds our bodies to the earth. And the first law of ego consciousness and ego functioning that I want to talk about is called the law of duality. And I want to say here that I've heard of, you know, I've heard about duality all my life or, you know, since I've been an adult and certainly since I've been interested in spiritual paths. But I never really had any thoughts about it. I know the yin-yang symbol. um, And pretty much that's about it. I never really thought in depth or heard in depth how it worked or how it was impacting me. And the divine source that came to me really spelled it out in detail. So that's what I want to share with you today, some of it. So one of the greatest ways that ego consciousness embodies and perpetuates separation from self and other is through this law of duality, which is all the opposites we deal with, love and hate, have and have not, pleasure and pain, good and evil, right and wrong, spiritual and mundane, individuality and conformity, and on and on and on. It perpetuates the tension of opposites. This is the condition that duality sets up in us to be in a constant state of comparison, judgment, and evaluation. And we can, you know, you can kind of look around the world and you can just see billions of examples of that. Some people think Christianity is better than Judaism, or they think being selfish is wrong and being selfless is right, or that women are less and men are more worthy, or that it's better to be the dominator than to be the oppressed, and so on. And these are some good examples of the the play of opposites. And, and I want to say here that, of course, there is a place for evaluating experience. There is a place for judgment. I want to live the best existence that I can. It will never be all the same to me if you feed me or starve me welcome me or kill me. And I'm not suggesting for one minute that it should be all the same or that in, well, I'll just stop with it there, that it should be all the same. For one thing, I'm an animal and I'm a human animal and I'm also a feeling and thinking being. 
And I'm wired to survive and thrive on all those levels. And I think we all are. So there is a place for judgment and evaluation. And that's a guide that serves as a guide to our beliefs and our actions. And it is a guide for how we stay alive the best we can. And we want to survive and thrive. And we usually want the people we care about to survive and thrive the best they can too. So what is the aspect of duality that my writing is talking about that we really want to pay attention to in terms of ego consciousness? It's not the survival instinct in that most basic form. So I think here's where it gets really interesting. For whatever reason, and my divine source has so much to say about this, for many reasons, we find ourselves in a world that is not run on the basis of supporting the survival of all of us or on the basis of helping everyone thrive. We live in a world of constant judgment of good and bad, right and wrong, fair and unfair, love and hate, have and have not, more and less, male versus female, domination and suppression, And that list of dualities, as we were saying, goes on and on and on. We live in a world of judgment and comparison and actions that are based on those judgments. This is part of the fundamental mechanics of duality, this constant striving for better or more, what we consider better or more. We are, for the most part, always striving for whatever we happen to believe is the better half of any given duality. I'd rather be right than wrong. I'd rather have more than less of any perceived need. This is part of how ego consciousness works. This is the nature of duality, a constant pendulum swing within ourselves and between us, between better and worse in some fashion. And our beliefs in what is better or worse are always in constant flux, you want to add anything in there, Deborah, or should I just go on with that thought? Oh, goodness. Well, um, many of us, you know, think in terms of black and white and mm-hmm. uh, right right and wrong mm-hmm. um, because that's kind of how religion is set up, you know, right. the, um, uh, the ways we interact with each other are either... Um, going towards something or away from something. I mean, that's how we that's how we set up mm-hmm. everything. So, mm-hmm. um, I I don't I, I mean I I don't know what else to say except that's that's the way I think it is and that's the way I kind of thought it was supposed to be. So this is this is interesting to me. Okay, so, and so in other words, I know and I think. Yeah, I'm thinking Go ego consciousness is is right. You know, it's um, in terms of that that's how it should be. And then I realized that what we're saying is um, kind of the the evil and the hardship and the and the un, unhealthiness and everything about some of what's going on inside humanity, within humanity, is because of this kind of thinking. I had not right. put that together. I had not put that that's together exactly yet. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. 
this kind of thinking and this kind of functioning because we don't all or ever agree on what is good and what is evil or what is right and what is wrong. And if you look around the world today, that's pretty clear. We don't agree. And then I was just going to give some little examples, little examples, but there's huge examples of going on in the world today. Um, a monk might believe that less materialism and less notoriety is better than riches and fame. A striving entrepreneur might believe just the opposite. More money and fame is better than less. A socialist might believe in distributing resources. A capitalist might believe in purely competitive, unregulated economy. So we're right back in the duality of right and wrong, better and worse, and so on. And, of course, you know, a lot of what we see going on in the world today is the struggle between different religious beliefs as one being right and one being wrong, and different behaviors associated with those religious beliefs being seen as good and evil. Does that kind of speak to what you're talking about? It does. And the other thing that I'm I'm going to ask you is, isn't the ego the part of our who we are, isn't the ego the part that kind of protects us from outside sources, outside forces? And in other words, we, we protect ourselves through the ego, don't we? Well, and I think that's what I was trying to um, explain earlier, that there's a place for that. There's a place for ah, evaluation right. and judgment. And, yes. and that's basically about our survival. Yes. But because yeah. we're we're not just animals surviving a predator that's going to eat us, and we live very much also, besides in a physical world, we live also in a world of emotion and thought and ideology and belief and actions based on all of those ways that we perceive and function as human beings. We have dualities in all those areas. Or we operate right. on the basis of duality and all. Does that make sense? It does. Yes, it does. Still processing here. <laughs> okay. My brain is going a mile a minute, and I just, uh, wow. Okay. So anything okay. you want to say about that, or is what I'm saying clear? I really want oh, it to be intelligible. It's very clear. And I don't know what the next step is. So rather than ask that question, I'll let you continue and then frame my question from there because the opposite of this, you know, of living this as my, um, my norm, let's say, is to understand what the, uh, what the better path would be. And I just said better path rather than Mm -hmm. right path. I know. Hoping that maybe that's a way, (laughs) maybe that's a way to kind of uh, get in the groove here, but. Yeah, this is interesting to me. Very, very um, thought-provoking, to say the least. Okay. And basically, one of the the principles here of the way duality functions is that it perpetuates itself. If I'm really invested in being right and I make you wrong, and you're also invested in being right and making me wrong or seeing me as wrong, then the tension of opposites just increases. You know, we might say well, the purpose is for good to conquer evil, whatever we think good is. But I think what this divine presence is pointing out to me is that it's never happened. And it's not happening now. 
because it doesn't work that way. All that battle between good and evil just perpetuates itself. And that's partly because of the nature of duality being the ego consciousness that we live in and partly because we never agree on what good is. Right. So does that kind of make sense? Right. Right. And and you can certainly make a case for people in opposite sides of a war feel very strongly that their position and their morals and their uh, interests and everything else are completely in alignment with their side, even, for heaven's sakes, a civil war like the one we had in, in the 1860s, which right. is just a horrible, horrible thing to think that brothers would fight against brothers and cousins against cousins and so forth. Right. And both sides felt very, very right. Right. And that cannot be. You cannot both be right. Or can you? <laughs> well, you can both believe you're right as long as you're in that value system. It's based right. on that ego consciousness. And I was really touched by what you just said because my feeling about what's going on in the world is that it's the same civil war and it's global. Brothers mm-hmm. are fighting against brothers because we're all human beings. And if we see ourselves as a human family, it's not any different and it's global. Right. That's, that's a very, I didn't know when I was saying it, how telling that really was, because you're right. Um, we are all brothers and sisters. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's sad. It's really sad. And so I think, you know, what I was going to say next really goes along with what we're talking about. Um, because this has been part of, especially especially in very recent human history, this has really accelerated what I'm about to say. Um, although there's certainly a lot of historical evidence of this in the past. When opposing beliefs and the needs and values that they espouse are fired up and become armed, either with weapons or economic or religious or political force, we move right into the duality of domination and suppression, combat versus negotiation, tolerance versus intolerance, superiority or inferiority versus equality. And again, you could list many, many, many um, aspects of the duality that happens when we move into domination and suppression. So I'm just highlighting that particular one because it's so relevant to the world we live in today. Um, And because, as we said, it's in the nature of our ego consciousness to see only a small piece of the puzzle even in the most ordinary sense, if I see blue, I want you to see blue too. Or I assume you see blue. Or I demand that you see blue. And all of this, they say, is how duality works. It's actually a mechanism. It's a tension of opposites that plays out in action, belief, feeling, and all of that. It runs on judgment. Duality runs on judgment, and it all emanates from and reinforces a consciousness 
that fluctuates between opposites, constantly compares, evaluates, and competes. And that's not to say that there hasn't always been and isn't now also a tremendous impulse to cooperate, a striving toward equality or peace or love or tolerance of diversity or striving to unite rather than divide. Yes, of course there is. There has been and there is now. And most likely there always will be that impulse also, that drive toward union. But that too is a part of the duality of ego consciousness. And we have not been able so far to escape it. Union versus divisiveness. So what my divine source really wanted me to see is that this is the world we live in. No matter how we think it should be, no matter what we personally believe is right and wrong or better or worse, this is the world we find ourselves in. We live in a world of dualistic thought, belief, feeling, and action. So this this duality is one of several principles or structures of ego consciousness. It is one of the ways that ego consciousness works. And and ego consciousness will always work this way because that's the way it works. What my divine source wants me to understand is it's not right or wrong that it works this way. It simply is. Like a car runs on fuel. That's just how it works. It's not right or wrong how it was made and this is how we were made with ego consciousness one of the many ways so I hear you ready to say something I am so I'm assuming then that the divine source wants us to know this so that we can kind of relax into it and not fight I'm, I'm saying this not you're not I yeah, would no, say relax into it a little bit and not fight it so that um, you can see it for what it is. Like you just said, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. See, it, see it for what it is. And um, I guess the only person you can change and the only actions you can change and the only judgments you can change, and I'll change that to word I, um, mm-hmm. only judgments I can have anything to do with are the ones I have. Exactly. So, so once I have more understanding and awareness that this is the way it is, and frankly has been, because the only way to make it otherwise is for everyone at the same moment in time to have the same shift of consciousness from ego consciousness to something else. And right. that's, that, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, may I say that? Could it happen, number one? And number two, why hasn't it happened? And this may not have an answer. Why hasn't it happened, given that so many people are trying to have this shift of consciousness and this awareness? I know that was like 17 different things I just said there. but Yeah. <laughs> pick one. <laughs> well, maybe uh, since I don't remember all 17, um, I will say that I... I don't, of course, I don't know the ultimate answer to that last question that you asked, but what was shared with me, and going back to what I said in the beginning, is that we 
as human beings and the only creature on this planet took on this journey from ego consciousness to soul consciousness as the purpose of becoming human beings, from a sense of separation to a sense of union, from being perceiving ourselves as one little piece of a puzzle to some consciousness of reunion. That's what they say the meaning and purpose of our existence over time has been. And there's a lot to say about why it's so heated up right now. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to get into that in this program, but they have a lot to say about why it's so heated up right now and why the tension of those opposites worldwide is so intense right now. Um, Sort of what I want to focus on right now is that it is. And there are many, many people. I probably, I don't know if there's more because I don't have statistics, but there are many, many people that are coming to this awareness that something really has to shift. And and that's kind of where I'm leading um, today. I just realized something else, Phyllis, and that is that the piece of the puzzle that I'm looking at right now where you're talking about separateness versus union and uh-huh. these concepts and so forth, the piece of the puzzle that I am looking at right now is this time and space, which is not the big picture's time and space. In other words, right. there, in the continuum of time and space in the infinite now. That's a great <laughs> That's a great perception because that's exactly it. And when I keep repeating that, I was shown this panoramic view. That is what I was shown, and that's what I'm trying to share, that we think our individual little piece of blue is all there is. Right. And today, right now, at 1030 Arizona time, on a Monday, is the time that we're referring to and yet, this this is this is nothing and everything. This exactly. Is, this so is it. amazing. <laughs> That's exactly. And there's a place in my writing where it actually says that. So I'll find that for you. Wow. Um, and so to go on, I want to say that what they are saying is that it's critical right now for us to know and understand all the laws governing ego functioning if we want to move from separation back to some experience of oneness. Just like it's critical to understand how the different parts of the body work and interact, what causes disease or pain or illness if we want the body to heal and be alive. So this is what my divine source gave me. And I can't, I'm I'm always in awe when I say this. It opened up the structure of ego consciousness and revealed the underlying principles of our day-to-day patterns of perception and reaction. It revealed how ego works so that we can heal and literally stay alive. So if duality is inherent in the very nature of ego consciousness, then on the level of ego consciousness, good will never conquer evil and evil will never conquer good. We will always go back and forth and we will always never agree on what good and evil even are. This is the battle between good and evil, this epic duality that took shape for many people in our myth about the Garden of Eden. It's the stuff of fairy tales and many other myths and it's part of the compelling drama that keep in ego consciousness. 
So I want to really just emphasize this, okay, to just segue into this right now, um, specifically the, the duality of domination and submission, because that's really where the urgency lies um, as maybe the pinnacle of duality in the moment. Mm-hmm. This is the particular duality that is so powerful today. And the reason why I bring it up now is because we have come to a point in our evolution as human beings where the drama between so-called good and so-called evil is directly linked to our desire to dominate other people. And the skills and the tools we have developed to do this have brought us to the point where we could very well destroy all of us, all of us the dominators and the dominated, the peacemakers and the aggressors, the believers and the atheists, the blacks and the whites, all of us, to say nothing of so many other life forms that would disappear along with us. Nuclear weapons alone and the chemical and biological destruction of the Earth's atmosphere and resources will not make any distinctions between us. So I want to say this because I know I run the risk of sounding kind of like someone on a soapbox heralding doom or crying repent, and that's not what I'm about at all. The messages from above that I received is that if we want to save ourselves and our beautiful earth habitat, we have to find a way out of ego consciousness, out of the consciousness that has led us to the point where we are now capable of destroying ourselves. And this is the reason why this divine presence made itself known to me in this form. This is why they said they came and taught me the things that they did. And this is why they're speaking so loudly to so many different people in many different forms all over the world. I want to read this one quote from what they said. On the most basic level of your human existence, some of you will try to stop the murderer or the rapist or the thief, just like you would do everything in your power to protect your children. Of course you would. You may be successful or you may not, but you will go on trying. It is exactly the same in the world at large on the plane of ego existence. Sometimes a murderer or a thief or a marauding army will be stopped and prevented from doing harm or even reformed, and sometimes not. As individuals, communities, or nations, some of you will go on trying to stop or prevent whatever you consider destructive acts. Of course you will. This is basic survival. But what we are trying to tell you is that there will be no resolution on this level. This is the play of good and evil, and it is an inherent part of your ego existence. The way out of this play is to leave ego consciousness. That is what we are trying to tell you. That is why we came here, to help you learn how to do this. So what would it mean? No, no, that's the end of that quote. Um, And I'll give you a a pause there. Um, So giving you a way out of ego consciousness sounds like the road home. Exactly. That's what they called, and I referenced earlier in some of the earlier talks that we had, they call that the path of supreme surrender. That's 
that's the that's the how to. Right. My goodness. Okay, so right this second, this seems um, daunting. Not the not the understanding, but the living it. In other words, yeah, the thought that there is nothing, nothing more we can do. But if we say it in a different way, which is what you just said, you, there's nothing we can do at an ego consciousness level. Am I right? Well, we can there's go nothing... on doing what we do. We can go on doing what we do. But, you know, we can go on doing the best that we can do. Like they were saying, if someone's mm-hmm. attacking you, you're going to try to protect yourself the best right. you can. Um but not to confuse that with believing that it's going to save the human race by itself. Because I think the people that want to kill whoever they think are the heathens believe that's right. 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 So they're going to go on doing what they're doing. So it is daunting. (laughs) There's no doubt about it. Um, and I'm not going to ask what we do about it because I, I know that that will be another show and it might not be the next show, but it might be somewhere down the line that we will talk about how, how do we live I with think this? It, yeah, I think it will be many shows and I think there's two things that I can identify right now. So one thing is kind of like if you open up the human body, you've got to get some understanding of how it works before you can heal it. And, and this is the same. They're opening up for me and for us an understanding of how ego works so we can move out of that consciousness. So that's one piece is understanding how ego works so that we know how this machine is running. So if we want to build a different machine we know what we need to do differently or change. Does that so make we sense? Can build a new, yeah, so we can build a new machine. Okay, I like right. that. Now what's the other one? Right. What's the other thing? And the other one is how do you build the machine? And that's yeah. what you might call um, the path of supreme surrender. And that's multifaceted, multi-multifaceted. Um, how, how do we do that? How do we actually convert? They talk it in this, about it in this language. How does one convert their ego consciousness into soul consciousness? How do we accomplish that transformation? Another way you could say it, and I think this appeals to some people in a different way, is how do, you, how do I burn up the layers of ego consciousness that prevent me from having access to the soul consciousness that's already there inside me? How do I remove that layer? How do I move beyond it? Or how, you know, however you would say that. Mm-hmm. So that's the, how, the how-to part. And the other part is understanding what it is I'm actually dealing with to create this transformation. Going back, to the, idea, uh-huh, going back to the idea of building a new machine when you're talking about your body, you can mm-hmm. also talk about the humanity body and building a new Absolutely. machine, building a new machine for humanity. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of 
um, like accessing a new operating system in a computer or in an iPhone or some kind of technology where you, you get the, the, the key code for um, operating, you know, opening the new and fancy and new and improved Mm-hmm. Um, operating operating system like Windows 10, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe that lets us operate a new machine or something like that. That's where my brain is going. It's like all kinds of cool stuff, you know. Yeah, and it could and 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 mine too. And the image that comes to my mind is what's happening in the automobile industry. We're burning fossil fuels, and there's such an impulse toward solar or other environmentally safe ways of generating energy. So that speaks to me, that we're going to run Mm -hmm. this vehicle, this vehicle of ourselves as human beings on different fuel that is environmentally conscious. Okay, so run ourselves. I love that. I have to write that down. Run ourselves on new fuel. Um, and the same thing if you think about changing your your diet to something that is plant-based yeah. or, you know, you decide that you want to try being vegetarian for a while or even vegan for a while. And, um, and what that does and what kind of new possibilities are there and, what, and all of what that means. So this is right. that. This is the same thing, only on a global, stellar, interstellar, extra-stellar way, like everything. It's all, right. it's everything and nothing at the same time. That's what I like. I just, I love that idea. It's everything I and nothing too. at the same time. <laughs> like, how right. can that be? And that's the point. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, you know, we have come to the end of this show, believe it or not, and um, and I could talk to you for another hour because my brain is kind of on uh on overload here in a good way. So why don't we um, wrap this up today and tell us how people can reach out to you. Website is the fact that you have a book about this subject. And um, I know other people will want to get more. Well, thank you. Um, I have a book called The Road Home, A Light in the Darkness, which is going to come out later this year under the title of A Light in the Darkness. And that will be the second edition of it. And I have another book coming out this year that will be called Into the Fire, which will go um, into depth into many of these concepts um, and ideas and, and um, practices. I have a website, which is www.phyllislevitt.com. Um, and I have several blogs on that website and um, links to the radio show. And I think that's about it. Well, it is about it, and it's a lot. And I, I absolutely love our time together. I look forward to the book's coming out in their new form and I just think the world of you and I appreciate you so much for sharing what was shared with you and I know that we can build a new machine and the more we understand from what you were taught and and you explaining it to us I believe we'll all be able to do our part because I believe we do all play a part separate from each other and yet part of the whole 
So, exactly. my goodness, I love this whole thing about being part of a bigger puzzle. It's just a nice way to look at that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, thank you so much for, for being with me today, Phyllis. And thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much for having me. Well, until we until we meet again, thank you. Until Bye. next time. Thank you for joining us for Light on the Road Home, a special production by Deborah Brown and Phyllis Levitt. This show has been a production of the Boomer and the Babe Radio Network. You can find more about the Boomer and the Babe at boomerandthebabe.com.